But if you think about the culture and where we stand as a church, we find ourselves at a very unique time where Christianity seems to find itself kind of on the outside of its influence. Things have changed dramatically. And I think for a lot of believers, we're really going to have a bit of identity crisis as well. You know, you know, we all kinds of uh, statistics and information and stuff like that. And you know, church growth is very exciting. And it just seems like consistently the church is actually in the region culture. And for a lot of people, the, the, the real challenge is that most of us get really serious about it. I think there's been an undercurrent and a stirring going on within our world that, by and large, Christianity was clueless with actual confidence. And I think unintentionally the good part, church became this isolated subculture. And what we find going on within Christianity is there are a few responses. We can protest, which we're really good at. But we've lost our own protest and get our way. We can isolate ourselves in common, and Christianity is going to do it back to you. And then in some ways, we can, we can just alienate the people in the middle of this because it's judgment with you and think that somehow if you create a wall of tolerance, that people are just looking and saying, hey, they're not going to look and they will move less to the front. We all know that none of those things really fulfill the mission of helping people see the glory of God and never really help people encounter Jesus in meaningful ways. And the truth is, no one, even if it's not true, is finding that it's pretty empty and incongruous. There's a rumbling going on within Christianity. Why church? And I, I think we've lost our fairness at this point. I think it's really simple, this solution. But simple doesn't mean easy. It's been said that change, the hardest part of change is that we have to change the decision to change. That's what time about change. We see the change that's happening, we feel forced into it, we feel out of control. But once we realize that you know, there's no other option, there's a better path in front of us, it becomes really easy to respond. And what I want to do today is kind of give you some tools to help you think about the change that is coming for church or as a church in the And so we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, God's people are a very similar culture. The culture is not in their Jesus came in and interrupted religion and the secular society. And he just came in there like a wedge and blew things up. And what was coming out of that explosion was this mass chaos and oh my gosh, we're losing our heritage and we're looking at our old me and we're living with everything the same. And then there's this whole side where it's like, you don't even want these people here. This is this message is going to disrupt the way you live. And, and then you have this group of people that are stepping back and saying, wait a minute. I really listen to Jesus' teaching and I look at religion and I look at the world around me and I feel like there's not really that big of a decision. God wants to bring his glory in the middle of the name of the And all these people are starting to die. But they live in the culture that did not embrace them. 
And so we have a lot to learn from them because the fact that Christianity was born, I believe that what comes out of this season in the life of the church, Christianity, is going to be just as beautiful and just as powerful. Why? Because Jesus is not changed. You have to change the world. Just in a different record. So you see in Acts chapter 2, Verse 42, this description of what this community of faith looked like. And it says that they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them to those who have need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, and they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who be respected. I don't know about you, but when I read that passage, what they experienced doesn't really summarize my experience with Christianity. How about you? Is your experience with Christianity, what you call Christianity, what, what gives you the Christian, does it look like any of those things that you think? That we just read? I mean, has that been your experience? See, for so many of us, what happens is that church defines our Christian experience instead of our Christian experience defining church. The church, you know, was, was something that looked very, very different. They were words that weren't really used the way we use them today. When they talk about church, they just talk about this assembly of people. The people that have this common belief in this person, Jesus. They don't even know that they call people who follow Jesus at that time. You know, it wasn't until a little later on that they turned around and said, you know what, I've got a brand name for them, and it's derogatory. It's like, man, these people look so much and live so much like Jesus, they're like little Christ. We're going to say And that's where we got our name from, our identity. And so our identity, going back to the very beginning of what, what, what the Bible calls church, this assembly of believers, this idea of Christianity, and it all came out of this identity of being so deeply connected to Jesus. There are two observations that I want you to catch out of passage. First and foremost, is that church is a community. Church is not a time that we go to worship. It wasn't one hour on Sunday. It's not a building. It was always a community. The idea of church being associated with a time and place was a church. See, church was this gathering people that had this incredible experience in common. This community was defined by this common understanding of Jesus. Jesus kind of cleared everything up in life. It's like, whoa, the way Jesus was like, the way, the truth, and the life. People start thinking, okay, what does that mean? What does that look like? But Jesus was deeply connected to the Father. And he loved people around him in radical and Christ like ways. Like, God would love people. The way I would imagine God loving people, Jesus actually loved people. He could find love. And, and then the way that he interacted with those that were very far from God would be what all this would hope God would do to those that are far away from God. He came 
and we didn't pull any punches. He didn't gloss over the brokenness, and he looked at us and said, listen, I can't. You're broken, you're fucking done. I'm here to bring that down. I'm here to redeem the Lord's broken in your life and restore you to the very things that you're longing for. And I'm here to satisfy those desires of the Lord and satisfy that's why we need to teach you these things. You all who are here. Those who are hungry and thirsty, come to you. You do them in speech. If you have a longing and satisfaction, they tell you that. And Jesus is comfortable. It's a powerful and But the one thing that never was is our Jesus was a sibling of community. A community that was built on relationships. Not a relationship that was identified just even ourselves. Not even a relationship that was identified with the world around us. It was a relationship that was holding people up. So you have churches that talk about being faithful teams and are so isolated that those believe and people that don't believe and they have churches for believers and, you know, we're just going to live this thing and nail it in our righteousness and when people are going to come in and just fall on their face and their face and say, hey, this is, this is incredible. We're going to live like this. I'm going to live like this. I mean, you're not the best of it. They don't change anybody's life. And there are some churches like, man, we just so identify with the lost world out there that believers don't really feel comfortable in it. And we're just trying to nip and pitch in the neighborhood, you know, and, and we're just going to try to drop people in and, and they're going to come in and they're going to hear these messages and, you know, and, and what we do is we, we, we start pushing the message and not really dealing with it completely and we start appealing to a niche or a market. And people become a commodity that because everybody goes home on Sunday and you still feel a sense of loss and a sense of brokenness, and maybe it's just me. I'm a pastor, and I'm a to make a new picture of And then I read the Bible, and it's just like this. It's like, hey, Doing all of what God is doing, and I'm like, that's the way the church is. Church is a community. It's a community. One church. One church was known as a group of people who were desperately seeking to know Jesus and touch this finding before they When we taught, we actually called people up here. We asked them to look a little higher in the horizon and to look at it and realize who God is and what He wants for them and what life can be if we actually apply our lives to God's spirit instead of trying to convince God to come from another way. I mean, when they're talking about having all things in common and devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, when they looked at the Word of God and they heard the message of God, they're like, 
What do I hold on to the past? This word devoted is the word clean in other places in the New Testament. Like you leave mom and dad and cleave to your spouse. We are becoming glued together and we are sticking together through thick and thin. Now we're just going to test it out, see how it goes. We are in it, man. We are in it. And it's that idea of, I mean, I'm not going to just test this out a little bit, but when I'm hearing the truth and I realize that there's a pulse here and it's a little scary and it's a little awkward that's falling upward, it's never really consistent that I'm used to. But I'm trusting the one who's calling me and where I'm going, and I'm going to breathe to it. I'm going to apply my life. I'm going to devote my life to the truth. And it's radically cool their experience. Have you ever, in your mind, you know, wondered why someone would be murdered for their faith? I don't know. It's like you're standing there, you're watching me. You've been arrested for sharing the gospel in China, and they're like, I'm going to cut your hands up so that you can no longer write letters to these Christians and encouraging them in the faith. You're not saying, I can't eat, I can't do anything else normal. All you got to do is deny Jesus. All you got to do is just cool it, just back off and say, you know what, you're wrong. It's crazy. I'm going to lose my hands for this thing. You're not a child. Why? Why would you allow your hands to be cut off for the domestic situation? And you're thinking, he's just going to be a or believe or something that he added to his life. There was a connection upward that he said, I would lose more of my reason. Do you know last time that was people that stayed in the church? It was a community. You get to look up against people's stories and their lives and their faith. And it messes you up. And you do what? And you step forward and you grab over and you say, I'm not going to do this. And then you get into this whole self-perpetuating heaven. You know, this is your job, I need to get people here, I need to get money, I need to get stability. And then you get into this whole self-perpetuating they devoted themselves to Pastor's teaching. They, they got together and they understood to make sure people don't get into it. They, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, they celebrated the Lord's Supper together. They remembered the powerful message of Jesus. And then they talked about breaking bread and home, which is a very different kind of eating. It's the kind of eating that we all like to do. They opened up their homes and took a few over. And there wasn't a day where someone from the Christian faith wasn't being together with another Christian for his friendship and support. They were together. What about synagogue? What about church? 
So church was life-giving. It's the same thing I get to you. It was life-giving. When they got together, it had something to do with life. It was like, they talk about meeting day by day. Meeting house by house. Getting together constantly. You don't do that unless it's life-giving. Right? True? You don't make time for things in your life and not life-giving. And because they were being called upward and realized that Jesus was a source of their faith, and that they ultimately were about connecting with them, that's what defined their life, that's what defined their community, that became life with them. It's like, whoa, you know, I'm reminded that God is right there with me in every circumstance. Because there are certain days where people just don't feel it. There are certain days where people are on top of the world, and there are other people living in the world where they're living. It's constant. And, and, and the idea of, oh, man, you're the only people I'm not inviting into my house. You never heard that. And then the idea of, man, the world's on top of me, you need to come and get me, you need to do that, I want to do that. There was a sense of community and there was a sense of church being life-giving that people ran to one another. There was this mutual knowing of community together. They wanted to be together. Why? Because they knew they needed the strength of another person at times. And they knew that their faith would not be real unless they actually instilled it in another person. This is what faith took. It was life-giving to everybody that was a part of it. And truth be known, it was life-giving to the world around them. Right? It ended with this incredible phrase in verse and they had favor with all people. That doesn't mean that everybody went to church. Right? Because we're not talking about that. It didn't mean that everybody embraced Christian community, but everybody knew what Christian community was, and they extended it to them. They ran up against some crazy people that actually lived like a faith family, that were deeply connected to Jesus and humility, and knew that they had nothing to offer. That they were dependent people, that they were desperate people, that they would love people by God. And, and that spilled over in the way they interacted with each other and the way they interacted with other people. They sold their stuff to provide for needs. If I could tell you the emails I've gotten back, you're trying to provide backpacks for people who live in government assisted housing, and the trigger was government assisted housing. Those people are working. You don't know anything about government assisted housing. You have to have a job, you have to verify income. And it's really good when they came back. And, you know, my first thought is, is like, what? You know? And then it very quickly hit me. It's like, man, there's a big disconnect for this person in Africa. See, the church never got into an insulation person in my pocket, man. It's not just about being a good deed, it's about displaying the redemptive love of God through your actions and giving the redemptive love of God within you. It's a good 
with great boldness in this world. So much so that when Peter and John were like proclaiming the truth and being threatened not to talk about it anymore, they said, Listen, y'all can vote, you can judge, you can take it to court, whatever you decide, what you decide, but we cannot stop speaking what we can hear. There's such a connection with their life that it was life giving for them, it was life giving for the people of faith, it was life giving for the community around them, because people were coming to the Lord, all of Peter numbered day by day, those who were being saved. See, the idea here of being saved is being delivered from being ripped apart from them. This was God's plan. There's going to be a lot of things that are still going to destroy in your life. God told that you won't have any more life than you have it abundantly. Circumstances are good. Abundance in every circumstance. And it was displayed and believed and acted upon, and the church was life giving to its community. Let me ask you a question. How many churches would you attend? Would the community grieve if you sat down? I'm not talking about the people in the church, I'm talking about the city, the neighborhood around the church. Would they grieve if you actually closed down? You know what's powerful about the Security Church? Is we begin with this very big value. We're not going to compete. We're going to get involved in the community. We're going to look for open doors, people of peace. We're going to serve alongside people that think very different from us. And I really do believe that if we were to close our doors, there would be two pockets of people in this community that would grieve that we were in. I bet you say there's two. Let me say the third piece. In the spiritual experience. Did you know that they paid for us to wait about two months? They dropped off a $1,700 and 50 check and said, This needs to continue on. Said, We're scaring Jesus at this. I'm just creating God. Your desire to create comes from being in your image of God. Why don't you escape that? It's trying to separate you from God. But God is going to redeem you, restore you, and take away that separation and give you life from Him. This is the message we're teaching our kids every day. So, why do you Maybe you don't have Little may I see you do two verses from every year. And you're in school. You're in school. There's three to five thousand people who are going you know, it, it, you know, just this little strip, tiny little quarter little strip of road. We do a Fourth of July deal with them, and we do a holiday tree lighting with them, and we get to invite people to come to our Christmas Eve service. We, you know, we get to invite people to church, and if we didn't come and volunteer, it would have a negative impact on us. See, what's happening is that people are like running from us anymore. They actually smile when we come to them. When we look at the school and say, can you volunteer at the school? They smile and say, we are so glad to have you guys here. We love that you live your faith and genuineness. It's interesting to me. I want to know more. We, we get involved with Family Tree, which is an organization that helps families and victims of domestic violence. They smile when they see us. They're blown away that we put in over a thousand volunteer hours, 38 gallons of pool, and painted four seriously dilapidated homes. Four homeless families to live in, giving them a sense of dignity. You know what it's like to come up to a house that looks new and fresh, right? 
We just did that for some of these homeless who had no home and were completely dependent on the system trying to get it up in life. And they're coming to a home that looks pretty shabby. And then we come in there, thousand dollars, so they're going to pay it later. Next point I want you to understand is that church wasn't just a community and life giving, it was deeply connected to Jesus. We got our names. The public life that Jesus lived for three years that rattled that world was seen by the people who stood in the Right? Jesus preferred that he supported his sins. He was accused of being a blessing to God for people who were in the world. He radically transformed the lives of those that he was in the world. He transformed his sins and prostitutes and people who had to focus on life. Well, like, hey, come into our holy community because it's dirty out there. You're a dirty person. You know, you got to clean up. We're here. And no, no. The idea of public was never on anybody's mind. It's like, I'm going to you. No, in fact, God made sure that they would go because He said, You will be my witnesses in Judea, as we from Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. And He made sure that that would happen through persecution. It's like because your tendency is going to be to gravitate in comfort in Jerusalem. And it's like, and you're going to not get this missional aspect of my heart. That you're, if you're deeply connected to me, you're going to walk the road that I have walked. You're going to love the way that I love. And you're going to be persecuted the way I was persecuted. And so much so that God allowed persecution to scatter the church. And as they scattered, they took that love and that message with them. It's like they were running from the kings, they were running from the whips, they were running from being torched and used as lampposts with an incredible message. And it got the world's attention so much so that we're here 2,000 years later still talking about it, still speaking to it, still falling in our faces with women, and still being willing to sacrifice and see things happen. That was their faith. It defined their faith. It, it, it radically changed people. When they would step out of security into the unknown because they knew that God was in the unknown and not in their Jesus said that I came to seek and save the lost. I'm like, I'm going to find somebody and help them to be restored to a relationship with Jesus. No, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. It's like, I love my neighbor across the street and want my neighbor to see Jesus. And I'm going to build friendship with them. I'm going to let my life be transparent. My joy and my struggles are my friends. And I'm going to let that just be what they're going to do in their lives. I'm going to open up their home and come in. 
you, you want to take a step into your evangelism, that's what you want to do. Invite somebody to do it. And then don't change a thing about the game that you assume they don't understand. But it was cool to know what you're going to do for the most part of Jesus, and, you know, instead of making them a person, so they're going to do it. That means praying for them and even for them to be part of that family, and that you just really want to make sure that you're always thankful and you're praying for them. Because we want to thank Jesus for who he is. You don't need to say really stuff. This is part of our season that's to be in. But you know what? Nobody calls you for that. Nobody finds out you. And that's what I said, well, I would expect your faith to wonder in your life. You know, my son, I'm standing across the street talking to my neighbor, not really sure where he's at. My son comes up and says, Dad, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, sure. He said, I have a friend at school who says he's a Christian, but he can't ask the Christian stuff. I'm like, really? And I answered this question in front of my neighbor. We're talking about our HOA, right? We've got more important things to talk about at this point. <laughs> Which I'm on the naughty list, apparently. Basketball goals are evil. Um, but I'm, I'm working for my family. And I was just there and I said, you know, okay, that's, you know we, could, we could sit there and go through do's and don'ts, but let me ask you a question, please. Who, who do you want your life to be Who do you want to find it? Who do you want to be like? And so Jesus. How do you think Jesus was? Well, he probably wouldn't put someone here. And I said, that's probably a good place to start. But what about people that say that they know Jesus, but still don't have no value? What do you do? Well, maybe they just need to live with them and go to one of them. Maybe you have to isolate yourself from them? No. You have to talk like them? Deeply connected to Jesus, life giving with other believers in his family, because you're a community. And what are those things that you know? Christians, we know that the people that we have to find, we build to do something significant in the world. That's church history. And every time we got to the end, the church became a nation. People became community, and we connected ourselves to stupid stuff other than Jesus. Let's get that out of the way. We get to the culture. See, that's the truth I'm going to say. 52 what I want us to be known for all of our business is God gives us existence. Because I want us to be known as a community, as a community where people can come in, rebuild, or do something significant with their faith. That's what I want us to be known for. Because deeply connected to Jesus, there is community. When God says about Jesus, 
when we're looking for the Bible, I can even ask for these people. I'm going to ask for them. But I just church them, and I'm going to this church is going to be consistent. It's going to be consistent. It's going to be consistent. If I'm broken, beat up, and just leaving the church, I can come to these people, and they're going to help me. Trust them. We build on the truth. We can trust them. We can trust them. We can say these people are going to want people. They will be a part of them. And that's what we should do. Church is more than a single child because it's a community. I'm not here to tell you what to do or to give you your plans. Jesus gave you the ultimate meaning of your life, and it's to bring glory to God. He wants you to do what you do. And where you go is where you will respond. My role is to help you discover who God is for you. So it's going to be very individually focused. Some of you are going to be tutoring kids at the birth project. And you can get an education so they can see their school. You're going to do that as a person who loves Jesus and loves their own and wants to see the Lord of Jesus for me. And I promise you that relationship is going to lead to the opportunity to share faith. Some of you are going to be doing different things. Maybe some of you are going to be called into ministering to those that are called to sex trafficking. Some of you are going to be called to be some expertise. Some of you are going to be led. And reach out to your co-workers. Whatever it is, we're here to help you find them. That's what the community church is about. Because as you're known for this, we're known for this. And if I were to give you a why, why you need 52 Church, why I want you to join 52 Church, why I want you to get involved in 52 Church, why I don't want this church to shut down, listen, your church starts. We've been flying around 40 people in attendance for about three years now. We stay on this trajectory, but it runs out in two years. And the question becomes, what do we do? Why? Why should we do this? Why should we invite people? Why should we get involved? Why should I leave my church to be a part of this church? Not because you like our service better, not because you like me better. Very simple reason. If you believe that this is supposed to be the driving faith of the church, what we're about, and then the bottom line is because, because everyone needs You need one. I don't even know you asked that question. It's a question. You need one. That's a long time. Everybody needs to be in the Like, really, people.
You don't want to come to church, but you think that Jesus can make you whatever you want to do. And they're going to come to you. You want to learn how to do that? And it should be with me to help you learn how to do that. Because our city is full of people that want to know about Jesus, but they're never going to be a Christian. If you're here joking and trying to put the pieces together, and connect to this community can help you use through that to rebuild them and walk along the way with you to do that. It means that church offers a new kind of dreaming of this kingdom. And if you want to get involved, if you want to find your faith, I'm going to get the faith in you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to help you connect to that. And even research you if you need to. Really, that that's what the portion of our conversation is about. That's church. That's who we are. That's our people. This is what we need to do. We need to do. And we want to do. 